If you got your Bibles, let's open to, to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We'll see if I can use my notes here tonight. Romans 12, 1. I'm so scatterbrained, I put yellow notes, man, because I know I'd be flipping through this, like, trying to get, but man, I'm, I'm prepared to try to get to the Word as fast as I can tonight, <laughs> but the Lord can use a scatterbrain like me to bring a message in the name of Jesus. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know, that you may prove what is that good, that acceptable, and that perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office so we being many are one body in Christ and every one member <clears throat> and every one members one of another having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether it be prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that uh, exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him give, let him give with simplicity, let him do it with simplicity, he that rules with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, we know that that's the servant gifts that God gives us. And um, what I want to do is just go back to the first line because God has a gift for everyone in this place to serve Him. And He gives every, every one of these gifts. None of them are more important than the other. Right now, the, way, the reason that the anointings of God is in here is because the, the whole body, there's a bunch of gifts working. There's a bunch of people that are, are faithful. There's been a lot of praying going on. The prayer room was powerful back there. But I'm going to tell you the one, the, the ingredient that's most important for us to fulfill these gifts. This is what I'm going to talk about tonight. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. You guys can be seated. We all know, as pastors um, taught many times, that, you know, mercy, that with, without mercy, you know, we can't do anything. You know, the mercy of God, it doesn't give us, it's when God doesn't give us what we do deserve. And we know that the grace of God is when God gives us what we don't deserve. And, and we know that the Scripture says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So right now we know that the wages of sin and every man that has fallen short of the glory of God in this place, every man a sinner in this place, that his mercy had to come first or we are dead. We are already, you know, eternally separated from God. So the mercy has to come before anything can work. And then the second thing that's coming there is the grace of God. And the grace of God is our teacher. It's our, it, we, we learn from it. We, you know, we get the mercy. We don't, we don't die from it. But now we, we can, we're able to learn from our mistakes. 
Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And the Lord shall be light unto me. He will lead me forth unto the light. And I will bear the indignation of my sins because I have sinned against him. But the Lord, he will plead my cause and he will execute judgment, not against me. But when I'm under the blood of Jesus Christ and I confess my sins to him, he executes judgment for me. So the grace of God continues to help me to grow. And so I want to go to the next scripture and I want to show you um, just the, the, the Bible's full of it. The Bible's full of the mercy of God. But we, I'm going to go to a scripture that many know. It's a very popular um, story. And we're going to go into Luke 22. And Chrissy, can you get that water? Yeah, making me dance. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. <clears throat> Luke 22. And we're going to go into the Last Supper. And I'm going to start in verse 22, 24. And <laughs> I'm just going to read and we'll, 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 we'll uh, just talk about what's going on here. And there was also a strife among them when there went among them which of them should be accounted the greatest. So here we go. We got the, we got the Last Supper. Jesus is telling them, hey man, I'm getting ready to go get, be crucified. I'm going to die for your sins. And um, all of a sudden there's a strife going on. Like who's going to sit at the right hand of God? How pathetic are we sometimes? I mean, this is what God's shown us. And thank God that he puts in this word because otherwise, like, you know, because I know that I get pretty pathetic sometimes. And I'm like, well, thank you, God. Like, you're 12 disciples, man. They're sitting here arguing over who's going to sit at your right hand. When, and they don't even really understand the story of what's, what he's telling them. And it says, they, they were looking at who's going to be the greatest. And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the, as the younger. And he that is chief, as he does serve. For whether, it is, for whether it is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as I serve." Ye are the ye are which continued with me in my temptations. And I'm going to stop right there and I'm just going to read to you from the Strong's Concordance on the meaning of that. You are, you are those who are, are with me um, and you continued with me in my temptations. And we know that, you know, here coming up, Jesus laid down in the garden and he, he, he cried blood. You know, he sweat blood. To, to, because he was tempted to back out of what God wanted him to do. He, he didn't want to do it. He said, if there's any other way, can we do it? Um, but nevertheless, your will be done. So right here, the, the, when I looked it up in the Strong Concordance, it says, the temptations that Satan used to try to divert Jesus from his divine errand. Jesus had a divine errand, and now he has given us He's left this earth and he has given all of us a divine errand to serve. And, and every member in this place is an important part of this divine errand. And so, um, 
go on and it says, and I appoint to you a kingdom as my Father has appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both into prison and into death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt three times deny me, that, deny that you know me. I read that a little different. That one always fumbles me. But he, he said, you're going to deny me three times before I die. So I just want to go backwards again to a scripture right here. Jesus is sitting, he says right here, but I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. When you are converted, strengthen your brethren. So here's a man that's been going to church with the great high priest, Jesus Christ himself, the God of glory, manifest in the flesh. And Jesus is telling him, you are not even converted unto me yet. And this is where God is already pouring his mercy because we know earlier on in the scriptures in Matthew, they, Jesus says, who are people saying that I am? And Peter stood up and said, you are the Lord. You are, you're, 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 you're God. And, and, and Jesus looks at him and says, yes, blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for um, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but the Father which is in heaven. For I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. So Jesus, we know that this word, he doesn't go back on his word. So right here, Jesus is already saying, you know what? When you're converted, it's going to happen. But it's going to happen because of my mercy. I already know you're going to fail me. I already know that you're going to you know, do some things wrong. I already know that you're going to screw up. I already know that you're going to get prideful. I already know that, that you're a human being and that you fall short of the glory of God. But when you are converted, here's your job. Strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. And so, let's move on. I'm trying to, I was doing this, and I'm like, man, I could just read the Scriptures, and the place would be anointed. Let's just read the Scriptures. So I was thinking, man, I got too many Scriptures. I need to preach a little bit, but... You know, like, I, I thought, yeah, if I just read straight through all this, man, I'm telling you guys, if you pick up the Word of God in your home or wherever you're at, the Lord, of, the Lord God will meet you in that place and He will anoint that place. He's going to teach you things. He's going to open some things up and continually do it. We'll never know this Word enough. Quick and powerful. So we move on. We go to Luke 22, 54 through 62. And it says, a prophecy being fulfilled, <laughs> a prophecy that happened, you know, an hour ago. Then took him and they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And uh, um, actually, am I in the wrong spot there? Okay, yeah. They took him into the high, high priest's house and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid be, beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. And he denied him 
he, and he denied him saying, woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, thou art also of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed saying of the truth, this fellow was also with him for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I know not what you say. And we know in another scripture, I'm not going to take you there, but he was even cursing at him. He was cursing about it. You know, this is where we can get sometimes when we, you know, start denying the Lord, when we start pushing the Lord God, we can start, and I, and I didn't go into that, but we know that, you know, he was, he was cursing, you know, just right after he was so prideful, he was saying, maybe everybody else is going to deny you, but not me, Lord. I'm going to go down, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to prison with you. I'm going to do everything. And just... I don't think anybody in this place is like that. I know that we have all received the mercy of God. But sometimes we get into a place where we, we start to think that, you know, God's lifting us up and we can start pointing out everybody else's faults. And I, I think Peter was like, he thought he was like, man, who's sitting at your right hand? And it's got to be me, man. Because I've been here. You know that I'll die for you. And um. So right here, it says, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crows, you shall deny me thrice. And Peter went out, and he wept bitterly. Now I just try to wonder what, you know, when the Lord looked at him, what Peter was thinking, what the Lord was kind of thinking. And, and I'm not trying to put words into Scripture. I'm not trying to add to Scripture or whatever. Um, but I just, I, I know it wasn't condemnation because the Lord says that I did not come to condemn the world, but I came to save the world. So I know that he wasn't looking at Peter with condemnation, but I think he was looking at Peter and saying, remember, remember what's happening right now. I need you to remember this moment and how, how horrible this felt and how much that you have, have fallen short of the glory of God as well. Remember that I prophesied of this. I told you you were going to do it but I've still called you. I've still given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I've still, I'm still going to build the rock upon this church, but I've just given you another key. I've just shown you another key. Here's the other key, mercy. You have to have my mercy to make it. So here's Peter. He's got a revelation of, of, of well, <clears throat> let's go to John 21. Sorry. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for your mercy, Lord God. I thank you so much for, Lord God, your mercy that is poured to every one of us. To me, Lord God, I'm nothing without you, God. You've been pouring your mercy out all week to me, Lord God. You've been pouring your grace out, Lord Jesus. You've been helping me to learn. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. So much, God. Your mercy endures forever, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Give thanks to the Lord, for he gave you breath to breathe today. And his mercy is going to endure until your end of days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Nothing without his mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. John 21, 15. Um, <clears throat> we know that here, before all this happened, this is where we'll read. You can, you're probably already reading it up on the screen. But before this happened, you guys, a lot of you already know that man, Jesus came to them. They were all out fishing. Jesus did not convert you so that you could go fishing again. Jesus didn't convert you so that you could get, you, that you could just get your life back together, you know, build your bank account. Um, you know, he, he, he does a lot of these things. He helps you to get your life back together. He didn't, he didn't get, he didn't convert you so that, you know, that you could have all the the gifts that you want, everything that you wanted. But he said that he converted you to strengthen his brethren. He converted you for a divine purpose. And so here, here they are. They're back fishing again. You know, Jesus died. Peter's probably thinking, I denied him three times, man. He told me I was going to do it. I'm, I'm nothing to him anymore. I've heard that he, I heard that people, that he arose, but he doesn't want to have anything to do with me. He doesn't want to be in my life. I rejected him. I denied him. I, I'm prideful. I'm, I'm worthless. I, I'm nothing to Jesus. He's not going to come back to me. But we know right here in the previous verse, Jesus came out and he looked at him and he said, hey, he wasn't even condemning him for going back to fishing. You know, this is what he's, I'm going to make you fish as a man, is what he told them a long time ago. Now they're back, they're all depressed again, they're feeling sorry for themselves, and they're out there fishing. And Jesus is like, hey guys, did you catch anything out there? And they're like, no. He's like, well, cast your net onto the other side of the boat. And they did, and as soon as they started pulling it up, they, they said, this is the Lord, that's the Lord. And Peter was so excited to receive the mercy of God. This is Peter's revelation of mercy right now. Before he, you know, before it was, you know, he knew that, that the prophecy came true, that he was going to do it. Now he's feeling shame. But here's his revelation that the Lord came back for me. And he told me to toss my, my net onto the other side of the boat. And, and he filled the boat with fishes. And Peter throws off his clothes and he swims back in. And who knows what happened. It doesn't say everything, but I can just imagine. Lord, I love you. Thank you for coming back to me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for not leaving me or forsaking me. Lord God, thank you so much, God. Thank you for coming back to me. So now, thank you, brother. You took it off, so you, you know, like I shouldn't have had you put it up. But here we are. <laughs> they come. You know, I made up a bunch of stuff. What happened in between there? We don't know. <laughs> but here they are. And here's, here's Jesus right here, and he says, Peter. He said. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said unto him, well, Then feed my lambs. And he said unto him, again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, 
You know that I love you. And he said unto him, feed my sheep. You know, first he tells him, hey, let's feed these people because there's a lot of people that don't know about me. These are babes. They're lambs coming in. They, they don't know anything about me. But I need you to feed them. And I need you to feed them with my mercy. And then we got the sheep. I need you to feed them too. I need you to strengthen your brothers. And then he asked them a third time, why? Well, possibly because they just wanted to get it confirmed three times. You're going to deny me three times? Are you going to come back and are you going to love me every time that you reject me? Are you going to pick the mercy back up? And are you going to you know, pick the love back up too? Do you love me? Are you going to pick that mercy up that I've, been, that I've poured out to you? And he said, and he said unto, Peter was grieved because or he said unto him, a third time, Simon, son of Jodas, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him, a third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, you knowest all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you girdest yourself and you walked whither um, where you would, but then thou shalt be old, and you shall stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird, <coughs> gird thee and carry thee whither thou would, <coughs> wouldest not. This spake he to signify by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. And I'm going to give you a little interpretation. It's funny because I've been reading this and I've been um, looking, just God revealed this to me a long time ago, but I never looked up what the word converted means. And so like before, just tonight, I was like, man, what does it mean? Because we know that, you know, we know what salvation is. And we're going to go into that in a minute here, but Convert, conversion. When I look it up in the Strong Concordion, this, this version of conversion where he said, um, when you're converted to me, strengthen your brothers. And it says, to turn yourself back to or to the love and obedience of God. And so right here, Peter's getting a revelation whether he wants to be converted or not. He's telling God that he loves him. But also Jesus is telling him, guess what? You're going to die for my cause. You're going, to be, you're going to be crucified the same as I am. Do you still love me? Are you still willing to do the divine errand that I have asked you to do? And this is probably pretty scary for Peter because we know like, hey, what about John? How's he going to die? And, 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 and Jesus is like, it doesn't matter about John. Are you, gonna, are you converted? And so here we see Peter's conversion. This is where Peter was actually converted into the love of Christ, where he was ready to, um, basically, Jesus says in 15.13, or John 15.13, it says that greater love has no man than this, but that a man lays down his life for his friends. And then he says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I ask you to do. And so we know that when Peter's saying that he loves him, Jesus has already told him, this is the love of God. Are you going to do things the way that I want you to? And 
you guys, I can sit here, we can sit here and say that we're, we're trying to hammer the word and try to make you live a certain way or whatever, but we already know that the mercy came first, and then the grace comes, and, and, and he builds us up into something that he, we never thought we could be, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could imagine or ask for. But he wants you to give, it says that, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking and envying one another. And so now Peter's converted. We know he's converted. Here he is. He's going to do anything that Jesus told him. You know, he's mad that John doesn't have to die, but he's, I'm, I'm, going, to live for, I'm going to live for God the way that he wants me to. And so... We know that right here in, in the book of Luke, I'm not going to have Brother Jeremy take you, but the book of Luke, it just moves straightly into the book of Acts. And the last thing that Jesus told his disciples before um, he went up and, and rose into heaven was he said that repentance and remission of sins shall be preached in my name. And I need you to go wait for the Holy Ghost um, go wait and tarry in Jerusalem for the Holy Ghost to come because that's going to help you to um, strengthen your brothers. This is what's going to bring power here. And so the, obviously Peter's obedient. Like whatever you say, Lord, here's, here I go. And so I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 2 here. Um, and a lot of us know this. <clears throat> but it's still a controversial um, Christian, you know, People question what this means. People question about it. And I'm not going to go into a big Bible study about it, but it says in Acts chapter 2, 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and, and suddenly came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there all there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat, up, sat upon each and every one of them. And, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And, they're all, and they were dwelling in Jerusalem, just all kinds of people. But here's Peter's first test whether he's converted or not. Because the next thing that comes here, the Holy Ghost comes, and now Peter's, you know, he's, he, now he's got the power. He's already did what God told him to do, to go wait and tarry and wait for the Holy Ghost that was promised to come, and now he's got the power, and now all of a sudden, the mockers are coming. The doubters, the people that are saying, these people are drunk, this is weird, man, this is crazy. What, this, I mean, this is insane, man. What are these guys doing here? People are, and Peter steps up, and he steps up against what people are saying. And now Peter's ready to see a true conversion. Now Peter's ready to stand for the, for the divine Aaron. And so we know that um, Peter, he, he tells them that, that uh, hey, this is, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that, that you're, that, Upon all flesh, I'm going to pour out my spirit unto everybody, to, to the whole world. And, and your young men will dream dreams and people are going to prophesy and, and all these things. And, and then he says, but this is, this is what Jesus has promised us. The same Jesus that you guys crucified. And so right here, you know that, that Peter's already picking up some of the mercy 
some of the testimony of His mercy because these people crucified the Lord of glory. These people crucified His Master, His Lord. And He's getting ready to tell them that if you guys, let's just go into it. He said, therefore, in 33, 2.33, he said, therefore, being at the right hand of God, exalted and having received the Father of promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. He's telling them, this is what you're seeing and hearing. This is the Holy Ghost that, that the, the, the Lord of glory, which you crucified on a cross, is pouring down. This is what you're hearing. This is the Holy Ghost moving in this place. And for David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make a foal, the foes my footstool. And therefore, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So he's talking to people and he's pouring out mercy unto these people that you know, he should hate. Because he's received it. Because when the Lord looked upon him, and when the Lord showed him, he put Peter, his 12, one of his 12 disciples, in the same category as the people that are crucifying him. So now Peter is the same as them. I'm one that have messed up. I've fallen short. I, it doesn't matter you know, if we're going to church all the time. I am the same as you, and I've fallen short. And, and these people, they're, they're pricked in their heart. And it says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said, Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to those that are far off and even as the many as the Lord God our sh shall call. And with many other words did he testify, exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received the word that Peter gave them were baptized. And the same day were added to, unto them 3,000 souls. So we know that this is the first church that was ever started. And Peter, upon this rock, I shall build my church. But on the, on the rock of what? On the rock of mercy. We, we have to have mercy. And I, this Bible right here is full of testimonies of mercy. So, the Old Testament is full of people screwing up and falling away from God. But then we know that when they turn their lives back to God again, that He restores things and He gives it back. But we always have that opportunity to, to just, you know, to, to fail him and to walk away if we want to. And so I just, I love this, that, that, uh, that I can read this scripture about mercy. Um, I can read this story about Peter and the transparency of the Bible, which I believe us, I think we, we work on and we, we talk, you know, I have brothers and that, that I, that I, talk things over with and the reason that I'm here to this day was I was a big drug addict and I was texting brother Darren and I was telling him listen I can't get off this meth and I look at all you guys and I, I, I understand that I, I'm supposed to give it all to the Lord I'm supposed to give these things to God or whatever but I, I come on man you guys got willpower in that church I got none of that. I've never had willpower. I've never been able to get over anything in my life. I, I can't do it. And the transparency of that man 
brought me in here because I knew that, that there was other people in here. They weren't here because they're perfect. We need to walk into this place imperfect. We need to allow anybody to come into this place, no matter where they're at, no matter what they're doing. We need to let them come in the way that they are so that God can pour out his mercy, so that God can pour out his grace, so that God can transform them into exceedingly abundantly above all that we can imagine or ask for, not so that we can get them in here and tell them how to dress and tell them how to do this and do that, but so that we can allow God's mercy to come in and do it. Because his grace is sufficient for them too. Hallelujah, Jesus. And so the transparency of the word and the transparency of my brother has brought me into this place and has shown me that even Peter, like, are you guys ever going to argue over being on the right hand of God? I mean, even a guy that was like so close to Jesus that he thought that maybe he's going to be sitting right next to him up in heaven. And the transparency of the word says that he's the same as us. He screwed up, and my grace is sufficient for him, and I'm even building a church on this man who rejected me and he denied me. <clears throat> and, and in this transparency, I just want to speak some things. I just want to give a little testimony. You guys are never going to get away with me not giving a testimony up here. I kind of back down from testimonies on testimony day because I know that I use my testimonies as, as part of preaching. So here I am, last Sunday, and just a powerful service, a powerful move of God. You know, pastor's going out with a bang on his way to Florida. He's teaching us, you know, he's always powerful. I'm so thankful for that man. We have this powerful service, and then we, this service gets over, and I'm doing things, and, and don't try to read into this, please, before it even, you know, before your minds go off. But I'm, you know, I'm just doing things, and all of a sudden, you know, I get offended. And then, you know, that offense starts building up, and I'm kind of upset that that was said or reacted that way, and, and then on to the next one. Then, then I'm offended again, and I, I think before I left the church that night, I had about three offenses I had. And here I am, powerful service. And I'm like, you know, like supposed to be preaching this weekend. And I'm walking out of the church and I'm, I'm kind of angry. And so I get in the truck with my, or I get in the vehicle with my wife and I start telling her about these things and, you know, what people said and what happened and all these things. And, and I'll tell you what, it was really pathetic because I don't even remember why. But I do remember being offended. <clears throat> and my wife, she's awesome because we've decided a long time ago that, that uh, hey, man, when we start talking about anybody, let no evil communication proceed out of your mouth, but that only that which is the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so me and my wife has this pact, like, if I start doing it, don't join me because the next thing you know, we're going to be, you know, backbiting people in the church and, and whatever. So we've got this <laughs> thing, and we, we, it doesn't always work. We're imperfect people. So I, she's trying to do that, and I'm like, no. Like, 
you need to be on my side. This is what they said, and this is baloney, man. This is the way, you know, like, I was trying to do this, and, and they went against that, and this is, it's not right. You need to be angry with me. And my, my wife and I, we ended up getting in a fight. And so now I'm angry at my wife. I'm angry at some people in the church, and I'm standing upstairs, and... Um, she separates downstairs, and, and you know what? This is where we've got. We've gotten a lot better, man. We don't ah, tear each other's head off anymore. God has gotten us to where we can get away from each other, separate, get with God, and get things back right with ourselves. And that, I'm so thankful for that. But here I am. I'm standing upstairs by myself, and I know I'm the dirtbag. Because she's trying to... You know, do the pact that we have. No evil communication proceed out of your mouth. It's got to minister grace unto the hearers. And here I am, and I'm, you know, I'm smiling to you right now, but I'm, I'm upset. Lord, I, I'm preaching next weekend. I'm a jerk. I, I just can't stand the way that she's acting right now. She's better than me. And here I am. I'm just... What am I doing? I'm rejecting the Lord. Because when we do anything, it says that if we know what is right and we don't do it, we're rejecting the Lord. And you guys, all of us as Christians, we know these things. We know that, um, that when we get offended, we need to get over it. We need to repent. We need to forgive. We need to forget and all these things. So it was in my heart that I needed to do that. But man, I, I wasn't picking up the mercy. And I was sitting there and I was just feeling like a total jerk and I'm like I'm so worthless God you really you know you really want me to preach next weekend you really want me to get up in front of people and and tell them about you when I act like this when when these people like they don't even have a clue and you don't none of you know who did it because you didn't do anything wrong And you want me to preach to these people, God? I can't do it. I'm worthless. I'm just, I'm no good, Lord. This is not my calling. I've been nervous all week. I'm stressed out. I can't do this. I, 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 I'm not fit for this. My belly, you know, it hurts right now. I'm struggling. And so I sat and I said, Lord, who do I call? I'm I didn't, even ask, I didn't ask the Lord. I just said, who? Can't call pastors. He's in Florida. He's going to be way mad if I tell him. <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, call Carlos and just tell him that he needs to preach both messages. I ain't worthy to talk to you guys. I ain't worthy to stand up here and give you anything from God. I ain't worthy to do anything and you know, I, I get upset over stupid things and, and here I am, I'm ready to text Carlos to just take it. And I'm telling God, I'm just going to let him take it and I'm, I'm done. You know, I know that I'm not a, a preacher, but if, you know, I've been asked, I get asked to do it every once in a while. I don't want to do it anymore, God. There's just too much pressure. It's too much pressure. I, I feel like I have to be somebody special in front of the church and I have to be somebody good and I have to, you know, walk and not let anybody know about what's going wrong. And we all know that that's 
not going to happen the next time Mike preaches because we're all going to know that he's a dirtbag. <laughs> but I'm just, at this moment right here, I, I received a text on my phone. I was getting ready to give up and I seen the text on my phone and when I seen the text, I knew it was an important text. I knew that this was a big deal. I haven't talked to this man in forever. I knew that I needed to get with God right now because this phone call doesn't happen. And I knew something because God had been speaking to me about this person earlier that day. And I knew that something was going on. He had spoke to me about it. I blew it off. And now when I'm in this place of feeling like a jerk, feeling like I'm worthless, God is saying, I need you to strengthen somebody right now. And so what I did, I knew it was important. God, I'm so sorry. I'm such an idiot. I need you right now, God, because I know that this phone call is important. I know that it's important, God, but I ain't worthy of nothing. I can't tell anybody anything. I need you, God, to forgive me for being a jerk to my wife. Struggling with people in the church, for judging people, for thinking about giving up, Lord God. I need you to forgive me right now. And I sent out a text to my brothers. And I knew that the blood of Jesus Christ had poured over me. And I was ready to receive the mercy. And I was ready now. Listen, I, I didn't get my life back together for an hour or, or even 10 minutes, but the blood of Jesus Christ poured over me in that moment, and I was able to make a phone call. And, I, and I'm not going to get into details, but man, on the other side of that phone call, there was a struggle. There was a, there was a darkness. There was a struggle, and, and that person did not need me, and he didn't need my dirtbag advice. What he needed was Jesus. And that's what I knew before I made the phone call, that I had to pick up the mercy of God. Because God has a divine, he has a divine errand for every one of us. And this isn't to tell everybody that it's okay, just wait until he asks you to do the divine errand. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm so glad. So glad that I was able to get myself back into that spot where I could make that phone call. You guys, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be able to live today for that. But God shows up and He does things. We don't have to be perfect, but we do need to be sanctified like Brother Carlos. We do need to, we need, we need to not let that stuff linger too long because, man, if I would have missed that phone call, if I had missed that phone call, I don't know what would have done, but what happened on the other side of that phone call is the peace of God. The peace of God can still come in because of the mercy. Because of the mercy of God, I was able to extend mercy to someone else. I was able to tell them that God loves them and that I'm nothing. You're not, you're not reaching for me. You're reaching for God. Anything that you've ever seen out of me, it came from God. If anyone ever wants anything from me, you already know. I promise you right now that yes, before we meet up, I will get on my knees and I will ask God to lead me to where he, want, what he wants you to hear, what advice he wants me to give you. 
but I have to have that mercy. But I just pray right now because everybody in this place has a divine errand. And I know that there's some things that are in our heart right now that are going to get in the way of that divine errand. There's pride. There's unforgiveness. There's selfishness. There's jealousy. There's, you know, strife. You know, striving to be something, you know, whatever. Depression. Grudges. If you... If you can't forgive somebody, you ain't going to give them Jesus because Jesus said that if you're not going to forgive, then I can't forgive you. And so if you're going to try to do the divine errand that God has asked you to do, which we went back and we talked about it, everybody has one. And no, no, there's nothing in this church, there's nobody in this church that is more or less important than the others. He said that we have servant gifts and we're all a part of something. And he said that when, you know, that, that every part, body part should be connected to the head, which is Jesus Christ, and we should all be fitly framed together and work as, you know, a team. But when we, when we, when we get into this stuff, the jealousy and the envy and the, the strife and the unforgiveness, your divine errand is not going to happen until you get on your knees and you let the blood of Jesus Christ cover you. You're not going to be able to get back up. You're going to be a broken body part. Let me go into Colossians. I'm going to try to finish off here. And I just pray that the Lord leads you to right now. I just pray that, Lord God, you will speak to us in our hearts. If there's anything that's getting in the way from the divine errand that we have, Lord, we know that you have made us a servant. We know that, Lord God, that you have called us to be something. And, Lord God, we know that everybody in this place is in a, is in a different spot in their life. And we're all, you know, we're all just trying to get to be more like you, God. We're all being sanctified, Lord Jesus. We're all, Lord God, we're just, Lord God, picking up the mercy every day. And then we're picking up the grace. And we're growing and we're trying to learn, Lord God. But Lord Jesus, I pray that you pierce every divine asunder of soul and spirit in this place, that if there is anything getting in the way for them to be that divine body part, that they get it out right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Putting on therefore. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to read a scripture and I'm calling you to repentance. I'm calling you to repentance and remission of sins right now to get back in to the divine errand that God has called you to do. And you can respond to it or not. But right now I know that there's, there's people in here. You're just like me. You're just like me. You, you, sometimes you think people are talking about you, but they're really not. You know, you're just as imperfect as me, but there's something in here. It says, put on, therefore. Chrissy, you want to come up? In the name of Jesus. Colossians 3, um, 12. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Let this scripture pierce the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Discern the thoughts and the intentions of our heart, Lord God. It says, put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. 
If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And the peace of God, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to be which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Be thankful for his mercy tonight. Be thankful that he is asking you right now if there's anything in your heart, if there's any anger, if there's any bitterness, if there's any unforgiveness. He's calling you right now to pour that blood over you. He's calling you right now. He's saying that I got a great purpose for you. I need you. I need you to strengthen your brothers. But we got to get rid of this other stuff that's going on in your heart. In the name of Jesus.